0: Hello everyone, this is Sarisha, and I host the Women, Career and Life podcast. Just like you, I've traversed varied paths, stumbled a little, picked myself up and learned a great deal on my journey. Many of us face similar questions, but we don't always get to have a conversation with our friends or peers. In this podcast, you will hear real stories that you can connect with on the challenges of navigating career and life. You must be wondering who I am. In my everyday life, I'm a career woman, a mom, and an avid reader. I'm also a road tripper, amateur gardener, and even a fashionista on some days. Join me and my guests as we have an open and honest discussion on career change, trade-offs, and working across boundaries. You get the idea. It's a perspective you simply may not hear anywhere else. Hello, everyone. Welcome to today's guest episode. I have a very special guest with me, Mishanta Sheila Nair, She's an officer of the Indian Administrative Service from the 1973 batch and has had a long and illustrious career in the garment services in India and had a wide-ranging impact. And what you will find and discover as you listen to her conversation is she's worked on issues and challenges that we talk about today, 15, 20 years ago before they became the items of today. One of Ms. Sheila's significant accomplishments is implementing the rain harvesting program in the state of Tamil Nadu in India. With a population of over 65 million, it is 3x the population of New York City. This implementation averted the Chennai water crisis in the early 2000s. Mishila, I'm really excited to have you today. Thank you for joining us. To start off, can you give us a background of some of the work you did as your administrative services for the last many years? Uh,
1: my work was my passion. In fact, uh, I I was very happy to do the things that I was doing and very happy that somebody paid me for it. I enjoyed my work uh, hugely and uh, I, I knew that when I retired, I was going to have a huge problem because I would no more have the, the infrastructure and the work and the, the, and the ecosystem in which I, I enjoyed myself so hugely. So during the course of my career, so the IAS is, uh, is the kind of job where you switch uh, sectors quite frequently. Mm-hmm. And uh, from being a district magistrate uh, in charge of law and order and the police and um, overall development of a district to, to various things. From, from my first posting in Dindikal, where I was the subdivisional magistrate and uh, taking care of the entire uh, administration, you know, you're the government's representative uh, in the division my next posting was md of the poultry development corporation uh, so i had to uh, uh, switch from being uh, you know a person in authority to being uh, a salesman for a saleswoman for a chicken uh, and uh, it, it was a huge change but i enjoyed it i was there for 3 years and uh, i am very happy to say that you know the lot of work that we did at that time at that time, Tamil Nadu was deficit in poultry and poultry products. And um, uh, we used to get most of our uh, eggs and chicken from Kerala. Uh, today, it's a long time away. But today, Tamil Nadu is the, the biggest producer of poultry in India. Uh, you know, we went on to commercial poultry farming and so on. But the thing is you know, that it was a, such a challenge to work in a sector so totally different from the one that you handled a few months ago. When I was in poultry, I was passionate about poultry. People would see me on the road and say, oh, you're the chicken lady. 38 years uh, in active service. And after that, again, another seven years after retirement, there were two or three areas which I developed uh, a permanent commitment to. One was uh, the whole question of uh, water management and uh, water resource management. uh, the, the management of the demand of water more than the management of the supply of water, you know, which is the, the, the focus that I had uh, taken up. I used to be the managing director and chairman of the city water supply utility. I was also the secretary in charge of water supply, both in the central government and in the state government. I had opportunities to work in that sector a lot, and that's how I gained my expertise in that area. Post-retirement also, I have been continuing uh, to be involved in all aspects of uh, water management, particularly rainwater harvesting, which uh, I had the honor and privilege of drafting a law, making it mandatory for the entire state to have rainwater harvesting structures in all their buildings and uh, promoting uh, rainwater harvesting across the state. and making it a model for other states. I got invited all over the world to talk about it. And so I became, uh, from the chicken lady of many years ago, I became the water woman. The looking uh, looking at alternative nutritious foods. Uh, I was, uh, in part of my career, joint Secretary the Agriculture Ministry in Government of India in Delhi had occasion to see food production at a national scale. I found that uh, even at that time, that was more than 20 years ago, but recently I zoomed in on it. Even at that time, it bothered me that uh, paddy and the wheat were the the cereals that were being promoted. And Mm -hmm. there seemed to be a politics of grains. There were other grains like jawar, bajra, the millet, different types of millets, so foxtail millet, barnyard millet. These are the English names. In Tamil, they are kudravalli, Varag, Tenai, All these milks were the traditional foods of our people. Uh, I think I've been talking too much. Maybe you need to ask me a question.
0: (laughs) No, it's been very fascinating. You have done so many different things, but I think they all sort of intersect and have an underlying theme. Though you're talking about food, you're connecting the water part so that the environment, the populace can support itself, self-sustain and empowering them to earn their living. Uh,
1: The other areas, uh, it's also again related. I was a municipal commissioner of Chennai municipality for four years. And at that time, my biggest worry is the solid waste, solid waste management, the management of garbage. uh, Another area that uh, I worked on in the field, uh, business of uh, zero waste. How can we segregate our waste and um, reuse uh, almost everything that we put as waste as a resource? I am very happy that, you know, I'm only telling you all the good things that have happened. Uh, One of the private institutions, a university called SRM University, they invited me recently to launch a business management program in solid waste management, which was huge. Because uh, it's the first
0: time it is being taken to that level. I was watching this documentary, the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. One of their top themes was sanitation, especially in Africa. Very similar to what you said, you know, it's conserving the water and having areas where they can sustain it. When wanted you step back. I know you did a lot of different things. You moved your post every three, four years. So I wanted to talk about it from that standpoint. How did you make the transitions and make the adjustments? Sort of what would you suggest for someone who has to move?
1: Management, irrespective of uh, what you are managing, uh, follows certain principles, whether it's a government management or a private management. And even in the corporate world, when you you start off in some area, in some specialized area, production manager, marketing manager, something or the other, And then you become a general manager where you take care of everything because you have learned the skills of management while managing one particular uh, product. And and if you're good at it, you can manage a variety of products all together at the same time. And then you become a CEO. And then you manage the whole company, including the accounts and everything. And you're right on top there. This is a skill which uh, you acquire by doing whatever job you're doing well a competence that you get in delivering the goods, making sure that you are the best person on the job, then you can be the best person on the job, irrespective of what the job is. You could be the President of the United States, you could be the Chief of NASA, you will still do a good job. But irrespective of whether you are in the IAS or in some other area, a general management, a management of affairs of a uh, of a variety of sectors. And ultimately you want to become the CEO, you want to become the head of the government, whatever. You have to manage several sectors. When you're switching jobs, and that was your question to me, if uh, you're switching jobs from one place to another, how do you manage? You manage because the the skills of management irrespective of uh, what the sector is, are the same. And you improve uh, as you go along. You manage different sectors, you learn different skills there will be sector-specific requirements which you pick up very quickly because once you are a blotting paper taking in these things and you have been used to being in a blotting paper taking in these things wherever you go, within two to three months, your antennas are so well-tuned, you pick up very quickly because you are in a responsible position, you are in a managerial position, people are looking up to you. You can't let them down. You can't let yourself down. You can't let your bosses down. So, you know, you just perform. You just perform. That's all. If you that's, have the basic skills, uh, you will get there and you will do well.
0: Yeah, I think that's really good advice, right? Doing the best that you can and absorption and learning. And that, that really makes a lot of this sense. And the other part is maybe, maybe touches on the same skills or maybe a little bit different. So I know you worked in senior government. You probably met people with different viewpoints, political, strategic, whatever. So how do you communicate and converse and get them... Sometimes to see the vision that needs to be seen and building those relationships.
1: The top executive uh, keeps changing. You have to gear yourself or pitch yourself, uh, depending on the change in management or the change in board of directors. You know, there's a suddenly change in the policy of the corporate sector. How do you respond to that? And how do you see my basic uh, point was that uh, as a civil servant, uh, my job was to, to be able to, uh, to give some advice and to see whether we can uh, you know, direct policy in some way. But uh, the political boss was my boss, and I accepted that as my boss. And if they didn't agree, they had a different point of view, and uh, they felt that that was superior and I uh, had to be done. Then I just did it. It was my job. My job is given to me. I have done my bit in trying to convey to you what should be done, et cetera. But once a decision is taken and you are an executive, then you, you, your responsibility to yourself and to your job and to your system is to execute it and to execute it well. As if you believe in it, and as if, and you must do your best to see that it works. At that time, you you can't work on personal egos. That this is what I said, and they never listen to me, so I'm not going to do it. I'm going to make it fail. I mean, that's the kind of attitude which I think. Uh, uh, because your, your idea might have also failed. You don't know. And uh, somebody is your boss, he is the boss, then he has the people's mandate. And uh, if he is asking you to do something, then you do it, unless it is illegal or something, to be a good leader. Uh, You have to learn to demand respect and also to to accept responsibility because that is what is to be done and has to be done. It it should be done with all sincerity of purpose. And uh, that makes you a more valuable team player. You know, your bosses also see that saying, you know, who can be relied on? You would do that with your own subordinates. Uh, You may tell your, you think of yourself in that position that you tell your subordinates, uh, somebody working with you, and she or he says, no, I don't agree with you. Says, no, I maybe you have a different point. but This is what I want. Do it. And if he or she doesn't do it, what do you think of him? And what do you think of a person who goes ahead and does what you want him to do? You know, you, you, you build up a certain reputation of, uh, of loyalty, of, uh, of commitment to a job on hand, and the ability to deliver in spite of your not uh, necessarily approving of it in the first place. So these different personalities you handle that way. Because they they may have, uh, in fact, uh, I have uh, had to deal with with governments who were, one government you are serving and the next government is totally opposed to the previous government.
0: I like what you said where you said your idea may also have failed. I think that's what we fail to realize, right? We always think our ideas are going to work and that the other person may or may not know what they're talking about but it's quite possible that your own ideas may not be successful the point is that you know
1: your idea may may fail and you don't have anybody to answer to but those people have many people to answer to if your idea fails and finally it's their decision and you are a paid uh, you are a paid employee and you totally will do what you are expected to do and that's what you expect from your subordinates also from people who are working your uh, your junior colleagues your junior staff what would you expect them to uh, do the same thing. Uh, you you respect somebody who stands up and speaks for himself, and maybe it gives you some ideas, and then you respect that. You encourage that, but at the same time, uh, when a decision is taken, then there are no holds barred. You know, you you just go ahead and do it.
0: Right. Very true. So this is a question we ask um, all our guests. If you were to write a letter to your 21 year old self, what advice or what encouragement would you have? Would you give them?
1: I would say, uh, don't be disappointed ever. There's always another day. And uh, at 21, you have got a long way to go. And by the time you're 70, you would have seen many days, as I have seen. If today seems like it's impossible and it's uh, terrible and awful and it's a dark day, there's always the sunshine ahead. You can be sure of that. It can't be night all, all the time. It has to be sunshine after some time. There's a cycle in all these things. Nothing is ever on top all the time, nor is anything uh, at the bottom all the time. So don't ever be disappointed. Every every experience is worth uh, learning from. You may have some regrets and uh, you may brood over it. Go ahead and ball and brood over it and get it out of your system. Uh, Don't get bogged down by it. Uh, Don't let it defeat you. Even the worst of the darkest days will pass over. So the the single one sentence, I would say, don't be disappointed. There's always something
0: I That's very good. A very hopeful message, right? For people as they can go through challenges. Oh, I must uh, thank you for prodding me on and uh, provoking me to say more than I intended to. First, I want to say thank you. Thank you. It was such a pleasure to talk to you. Just hear your experiences. You. Talking to you. I hope you enjoyed today's conversation. Tune in every other Wednesday to catch the next episode. If you think a friend may benefit from this, please share this podcast with them. All the resources we talked about are also available on our website, womencareerandlife.com. I would love to hear from you about your stories and your journey. You can reach me on my blog, Twitter, Instagram, or Gmail at womencareerandlife. Until next time, this is Sirisha signing off. Remember, there are infinite possibilities to drive change in career and life. Which will you choose to make a reality today?